I am Kendall Holmes. I'm your host. Dylan Foreman is my producer and uh, my co-host today and my guest. Welcome to Sandwich Cast. We're going we're going guestless today. Guestless. You know, that's all right because this is our podcast and uh we don't need no guests. Don't have to have them. <laughs> I like having guests, but um you know, this is a, a a simple episode today about a simple sandwich. So we can keep it simple. All right? Let's do it. Uh a sandwich is a dream. It's a melange of processed food thoughts layered between Periods of falling asleep and rising awake. A sandwich reveals as much as it hides, but only once you taste it, chew it, and swallow it. That's when the dream can be interpreted. A dream only matters once it's over, and a sandwich can only be appreciated upon that last bite, which is always considered. Welcome to Sandwich Cast. Beautiful. We've talked about how important uh, contrast is. Uh, to the makeup of a sandwich on this podcast before that, you know, it's kind of what makes a sandwich a sandwich in many ways is that textural and flavor contrast. Uh, and even the softest, most pasty sandwiches use contrast to create textural delight and, you know, dynamic flavors when you eat it. Uh, and that's what we're kind of talking about today with peanut butter and jelly. We're going back to childhood. Childhood. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> We're going back to the kindergarten classroom, to your latchkey days as a after-school kid. Um, so peanut butter and jelly, you know, they're both soft and moist ingredients, but they're not soft and moist in the same way. You know, jam is kind of slippery and sticky, uh, but it's a little bouncy, too. It's got a little bit of, you know. Yeah. PBJ, I'm sorry, PB, peanut butter, <laughs> is tacky and kind of paste-like. And unlike jam, it doesn't flow. You know, like if you were to tilt jam over, it would flow out the jar. Yeah. Peanut butter doesn't flow. It just stays as a, which is why I don't understand. You know, TSA considers peanut butter a liquid, which is it, like they'll, they'll confiscate that shit from you, which is fucked up because it's not a liquid. I mean, it, I feel like it falls under the category of amorphous solid, I think is what yeah, it's technically called. Yeah, it's a um, emulsification. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, uh, oil, water, and other things blended together, held in stasis, you know, by some stabilizer. Um, but I guess... C4 isn't a liquid either, so, <laughs> you know, I suppose they got a point. <laughs> I mean, is, is, is napalm a liquid? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is, actually. I think napalm is a liquid. Um, or like a gel, maybe. Like, yeah. It's like gel or something like that. Uh, anyway, fuck TSA for that. <laughs> I want to bring my goddamn peanut butter. I should be able to bring my peanut butter, you know what I'm saying? Goddamn terrorist. All right. In essence, <laughs> one is a thick liquid and one is a paste. The contrast uh, isn't dramatic, but the two textures complement each other enough for a simple snack that can excite a child's palate. 
And they're viscous enough to stay in a sandwich for the most part. We've I all think, had the jelly drip. I think know. that's why, like, uh, a lot of people give it to kids because, you know, it's not going to get all over the place when they eat it. They're they still going to get it all over the place. Well, they're kids, you know, but they can run around with it in their hand. And it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, you give a kid a uh, a, a French dip like we did last time. <laughs> you're going to get jus all over the house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So. Today, we'll dive into the peanut butter jelly sandwich and uh, as many variations. Where did it come from? Who eats it? Is it good? We get to talk about Elvis. The peanut butter, bacon, whatever. <laughs> that the thing, the fool's gold. We'll get into it. We'll get into <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, as mentioned, we're going guestless today. It's just Dylan and I on the mic shooting the shit, talking about PB&Js, hearkening uh, uh, back to, uh, to the classroom, I think. Sipping on sherry. That's right. We got some, uh, some cream sherry. Uh, from Jerez in Spain. Oh, it's beautiful. It's delicious. I will not pair that with a peanut butter and jelly, I don't think. I've, it could work. This particular sherry is sweet enough that it could work, but I feel like... But see, PB&J is sweet. So it would I be so rich that yeah. it would completely kill it's your palate yeah. for this. You wouldn't taste it. You wouldn't taste either one. They'd cancel each other out. Yeah. Maybe some dry sherry. I could see that. Yeah. Not sweet. Uh, but, uh, you know, glass of milk, please. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, what are we doing here? Well, <laughs> actually, I'm, I want some water. Can I just have a glass of <laughs> Just some ice water. With Especially my- if you got a real dry mouth. <laughs> yeah, peanut exactly. butter, man. Just some, like, ice water, peanut butter, jelly. That's the adult thing, though. If I was a kid, I'd have milk, you know. But I don't do milk. Cool. So, Dylan, you've been on, and we always talk to the guests, but I don't think we, we know you very well. All right. You know, like, who are you? Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Man, I, you know, as it pertains to this podcast and literally every other aspect of my life, I'm an audio nerd. Excellent. That is my main thing. So that's, that's why you're sitting in that chair. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, since day one, I, I'm a, a drummer from, from the start. Uh, I've been playing drums since I was some single digit age. I don't remember exactly <laughs> how old I was, but, mm-hmm. uh, did you start with like a little djembe, a little bongo or something? Like- no, uh, my parents, when I was like three, my parents bought me like a toy drum set that had like little paper, like you were, definitely you were not done. a real drum set. You were it, done. I destroyed that thing. <laughs> I absolutely destroyed it. And they were like, this kid needs a real drum yeah, set for yeah. sure. No, he's serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, I just got kind of obsessed with that. I was playing in, in bands and you know, kind of just messing around with, you know, singing a little bit of guitar playing, playing with uh, kids from school and all that. And once I started getting serious about it, I started looking into how to make money and figured out that uh, even the professionals in the music industry, you know, they'll tell you they don't make money doing it, you know? And I'm like, at a certain point, when you're listening to these, like, you know, international bands who have, you know, millions of streams or selling millions of copies of albums, somebody's making money. Yeah. I mean, I know the industry has shifted a lot since the, you know, uh, onset of what the internet has brought. Right. I mean, I won't say the internet itself, cause that's been around for a while, but once the internet went, you know, Streaming is what did it. Streaming, exactly. Once once social media and streaming came in, it kind of became hard to collect your revenue, huh? Well, it, it file sharing was the first part. Exactly. You know, that was early 2000s. Napster. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you had like the big Metallica versus Napster thing going on a long time ago and all right. that shit. And, 
you know, file And they sharing. weren't the only ones. No, no. Yeah. A lot of the industry pushed back on that. And for good reason. I mean, they were getting fucked out of they were all the- They getting screwed out of, out of what- Everything. They should have been earning, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And, you know, from there, it got into, you know, they, they solved the file sharing issue by having, you know, stuff like iTunes library. You know, you actually have to pay for it. Right. And there's security built into the coding and all that. Yep. And then it Spotify. shifted to streaming, <laughs> right, where right. it's like now I think they've got it figured out where it's a lot harder to get a hold of the music for free. Yes. But you can subscribe and get access to it to stream it, which, you know, I think. Which means that everybody makes less. Yeah, everybody because makes less money. You're not selling also. units. You're selling a subscription and access to it's like It's like the. It's like uh, the difference between going to like the the county fair that stops or going to Kings Island. County fair, you pay per ride. Yeah. Kings Island, you get in, boom, ride Everything. whatever you want. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and if you are a independent roller coaster operator, you're not going to like that so much because you're going to have to split that that entrance fee right. with everybody else as opposed to hey, I have a popular roller coaster and everybody's coming to mine. You know, the difference there being, though, you know, if you're an independent roller coaster operator at a county fair selling tickets, you might sell 100 tickets versus if you're going to split the profits with Kings Island and 5,000 people be made. ride yeah, your ride, totally. you know, like it might not still balance out in terms of your income. But, you know, the most people are going to you're going to have access to the most fans at that point. That's true. And when it comes to the music industry, the way it is now, building an audience is just so vital with, with with podcasts, anything like that. You know, you just, you have to have a fan base. I understand that. Uh, obviously, you know, we're only, this is our fourth episode, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, that's when I'm not on the mic here. I spend a lot of my time working on that, you know, yeah. trying to get the word out and ears, you know, on our podcast as much as I can, you know. You have to. But yeah, from there, I went, uh, you know, like I said, I, I went into asking the question, like, how do you make money in this? And, you know, noticing that all these people who make music and perform music are saying that there's not a lot of money in it. You know, I looked deeper into that, like, okay, where is the money being made? And I saw, okay, the record labels, the producers, the, you know, songwriters, people, you know, you might go see a band and they'll play 10 songs and they only wrote five of them. They bought the other five. And the people who wrote those five songs for them and sold it to them made shitloads of money. Yeah. Or you get a nice um, arrangement like Elton John and Bernie Tobin where <laughs> he writes the songs and you and you perform it. Exactly. And, you know, get, get that kind of. But that's a that's a, a, a special relationship that. Right. Not every musician is going to be able to have. No. Like, So, you know, that's where I got into. OK, if. If I want to do this music thing and not have to pay for it or not go into debt for it, if I know how to record and produce my own music, then I don't owe anybody money at the end of the day. And if I've got it ready to go, I can stick it up on the streaming services. If I only make 50 cents, I'm 50 cents in profit. You well, know what I mean? I mean, I think it's a, you know, a short way of saying that is the, the, peop, the guy with the toys decides what we're going to play. Exactly. Right. So, you know, that's where I got into this. And, you know, through the years, I mean, I started recording when I was 19. And, you know, that's been 11 years ago now. And since then, I've just realized that I have an obsession with recording anything. You know, I've gotten into if whether it's music 
or podcasts, interviews, voiceover work for, you know, video games or TV or whatever the hell, like anything that you can stick a microphone on, I'm there for it. That's beautiful. And that's why we're here. That's beautiful. I love that. Uh, You could be obsessed with heroin instead. And I knew a lot of people who were. (laughs) So I was that close my whole (laughs) life. You know what I mean? I grew up on the east side of Cincinnati out in the boonies. Oh, fair. (laughs) Fentanyl land. That's all there is out there is meth and heroin. And that's rough. Um, all right, man. Thanks. Thanks for the, for the mini bio. Cause you know, people hear your voice, um, and you know, it's nice to know a little something about you, you know, I appreciate it, man. What's your history with sandwiches, buddy? I've been eating sandwiches since day one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like again, coming back to growing up, you know, in, in a rural town, you know, it's, I mean, it's white bread. Yeah. You know, white bread, peanut yeah. butter, and jelly has been there. I would say Wonder Bread, but here I think it's Klosterman, right? Probably. Yeah. We- <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually worked on the uh, Klosterman horse farm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They have a horse farm? Yeah. So uh, the Ken and Judy Klosterman, um, they were like the owners, and uh, they had a house in Loveland and on this big piece of land out there. And Klosterman they- is, a, is a local bread company here in around in and around Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, they've been around forever. Yeah. And they had this massive property and the girl I was dating at the time, this is like my, my high school sweetheart situation. Um, she and her stepmom worked on their horse farm because they boarded and bred and raised, uh, racehorses. So you're talking like the high dollar, Fucking rich people, high dollar horses. Like some of these horses were born, half million dollars worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, Just, I was uh, born an investment. I was picking stalls and, and throwing shit that was worth more than me. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, so uh, yeah, that's like, that you know just, how much this turd is worth? <laughs> exactly. This horse. <laughs> this horse. <laughs> just, just a random little tidbit yeah. since you mentioned Klosterman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Klosterman is not making a, uh, uh, high-end uh, European sourdough-style bread. They No, but they're making they high-end make horses, loaf. though. Yeah, they make that <laughs> loaf, and they make that money for themselves. Totally unrelated, but kind of related. Uh, recently, I, saw, I don't know if it's on the internet. I think it was a meme I saw. Somebody referred to the Kentucky Derby as Amish NASCAR. And yes. I cannot get that out of my head. That is <laughs> I'm like, that's Amish NASCAR. That's amazing. Not wrong though. <laughs> no, Where's not at all. The lie? I wish there were some buggies. That would, you know. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing, isn't it? Like, don't they have buggy races somewhere in England, maybe? Like, oh man. I okay. know. I'd, I wish they still had like chariot races. Oh, That'd be dope. dope. Yeah. It's like, oh man. I'd watch a chariot race. <laughs> For sure. Are you fucking kidding me. They like, do it with motorcycles. I've seen dude, that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh the like sidecar guys, like yeah, yeah, that's funny. I want chariot race to be awesome, dude. Yes. Hey, you know what? Pickleball came out of nowhere. Everybody's playing fucking pickleball now. Are you familiar with this? I was introduced Ooh. to pickleball in high school, okay. and I was like, I'm never going to see this sport again. Yeah, I heard about it like yesterday, and now it's all over the place. It's, all, it's everywhere, and uh, who knows? Chariot racing might might make a comeback. Bro, I'm here for it. We could be playing cricket next year. You never know. Man, the, the Ro- I don't think we're ever going to get like that true Roman style, though, where they had like spike the wheels, wheels and they would yeah. like ram each other Fucking and shit. whips while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, nah, we're not getting that. <laughs> A lion chasing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Old school, man. It's like the, the oldest of schools. It's like Running Man. Remember that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Ever seen that? I haven't seen Running Man. Oh, man, yeah. 
just the gamification of death, basically. Like, goddamn, that's some Roman shit right I there. I suck at movies and TV because I spent all of the years that everybody else was watching stuff on TV. I was in my studio being a nerd. Good for you. Cultivating a fucking skill. Yeah. I was also being a nerd, but about movies and TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I actually went to film school like an idiot. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, let's get into this, uh, this this disgusting sandwich, to be frank. I'm not a fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I was a fan. Right. But, you know, like, I, when's the last? I've never, I don't, I'm, I don't think I've ever chosen to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I have. And, you know, lately, since I've been focused more on, like, healthy food and stuff, it's yeah. just so hard to avoid. It's a lot of sugar. Sugar. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had sugar-free peanut butter and jelly. No, fuck no. It's trash. <laughs> Why so, would I do that? Exactly. <laughs> I know I, I make jam and jelly. I know what it's mostly made of. And oh, speaking of which, my mom just made her f- her first batch ever of uh, strawberry jam. How to come and out? And it's fire. That's awesome. It's so good. She sweetened it with honey too. That's oh, the it's best. So good. Hey, that's an expensive jar of jam. It is very good. But and made f- like from scratch too. Like ev- like fresh strawberries smashed right there and everything. Be. Yeah. So good. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, tell Mama Foreman. I want a, a jar, all right? I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. You know, here on Sandwich Cast, we are a research-based podcast. We like to tell the story and get into the history and talk about who's involved. But I'm also lazy. So we just go to Wikipedia and see what they say. And, you know, I don't stop there. You know, I I click around some links. I read a few books here and there, some articles. But for the most part, we're just going to talk about what Wikipedia says because they pretty much say what everybody else says. It's just that as a researcher, you can't cite it because it's it's a crowdsourced situation. And people go on there and fuck with it and blah, blah, blah. But ain't nobody fucking with the PB&J page. We can talk about it. Yeah. What what does the internet say about PB&Js? Let's find out. All right. So a peanut butter and jelly sandwich consists of peanut butter and fruit preserves, jelly, spread on bread. I feel like we call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but oftentimes it's jam or, you know, marmalade or whatever. Okay, let's get into that for a second. What is the difference between a jelly and a jam? Absolutely. Uh, So essentially, a jam is made from whole fruit. And a jelly is made from fruit juice. So you don't have that, um, that uh, those textural elements that a jam has. It won't be, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll have the firmness, but it won't have the, uh, the grit or the like uh, lumps, you know. I'm trying to think of a better word than that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And a marmalade is like a whole fruit jam. So, you know, jelly, like if I were, okay, let me see here. I could make orange jelly. I could juice some oranges, add pectin, which is what makes it firm, and sugar. And you want some type of acid, like lemon juice, citric acid. This, that's what uh, the citric acid in the presence of sugar. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, the citric acid in the presence of sugar is what helps the pectin firm up. So I could do that. And then I have orange jelly. I could scoop the orange out take all the pulp and do the same thing. And then I would have orange jam or I could slice the oranges, peel and all do the same thing. And I would have orange marmalade. 
that's really the difference. So it just depends on how much of the fruit you're using is what the categories are. So I'm a whole fruit guy myself. I like I'm in the middle guy. I like the jam. You know, marmalade is fine for some things, but, um, you know, orange peels are bitter, you know, and, you know, and, you know, marmalade is kind of really only refers to citrus fruits because I suppose, you know, technically if I were to just do whole plums or whole cherries, it could be a marmalade, but I've only ever really heard referred to that at, when it's citrus. So lime marmalade, lemon marmalade, orange marmalade. Uh, a big one is like Sevilla orange marmalade from, from Spain, you know, that type of thing. Sour orange marmalade, you know? Um, and the reason you do that is because you want to get the flavors that the, that the flesh and the pith have to offer, you know? Um, I like to pair marmalades with like charcuterie boards. It's going to keep coming up, right? right? You know, I like to, you know, it's, it's got such a, a, a textural, you know, complexity compared to the other ones that it's really good with, uh, you know, salty and cheese and things like that. Um, cool. Yeah. So fruit preserves is the general term is that I'm going to use to cover all of those. So are we getting into the peanut butter aspect now? Oh, we're going to get into it. So quick question for you. Yeah. Smooth or chunky? Uh, depends on the day, but in general, chunky. I like, you know, I like the texture. But honestly, if I'm eating a sandwich, I think I prefer smooth. Smooth is where it's at for me. Yeah, for smooth. Like, like ants on a log, like, I'll take chunky. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like on, the, like, celery, that type of thing, I'll take chunky. If I'm, you know, on crackers, chunky. But uh, peanut butter and jelly should be smooth, I feel like, you know? Uh, but I do like them both. I do like them both. Yeah. Okay. So, peanut butter and jelly consists of peanut butter, fruit preserves, spread on bread. The sandwich may be uh, open-faced, made of a single slice of bread folded over, or you can use two slices of bread. All of that's valid. Uh, You could probably just, I don't know, dip it in peanut butter, then in jelly, and, you know, you're kind of, what is that? I've seen PB&J wraps recently, which is interesting. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, sure. You know what? I can see, like, the the pinwheel sandwiches, you know? Like, you do the wraps, and then you cut them, and I can see that working because— you get a different kind of textural experience when it's cut that way and you eat it from the side like that. Gav was telling me she tried the the peanut butter and jelly fried sandwich from Tila. So I've had that at like a county fair, uh, but they like battered it. Uh, okay. I don't know if that's what they do at Tila. But. I, I think it's more of like a grilled PB&J okay. thing. Got it. Yeah. And she said it was trash. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are, do you want grill flavor with your PB&J? I mean, I don't not want it. I. I don't know. I've never I, had that taste. My problem would be the when you heat it up, the peanut butter is going to flow. That's true. And, yeah. you know, I don't really I like the consistency of that room temperature peanut. But I don't want it. I don't want it to be. Uh, I don't want it to be like melted cheese. You know what I mean? Like because that's kind of what happens, you know? Yeah. I feel like this is definitely like a cold sandwich, which is why or room temp. Yeah. yeah cold sandwich. Definitely. But that's why I think at the at the fair I was at, or maybe it was the rodeo. I think it was the rodeo in Houston. Okay, they had deep fried fucking everything. <laughs> everything. I'm, I'm telling you, deep fried Oreo. They had these people had deep fried butter. Oh, I've seen it before. Nuts. Like full sticks of butter. Nuts, dude. They you're just like what, you bite into that, you're just basically saying, "What are you doing? Fuck my 70s. What are you? you yeah. know what I mean, what are you doing? So they roll it in sugar. They dip it in like a like a batter, and then they throw it in. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, you know, a couple booths away, they had a deep fried peanut butter and jelly and uh, they battered that too. 
And, you know, that makes sense to me, the batter, because then it kind of holds everything in. And when you bite it, it's a little gooey, but it's not coming out the sides. Right. And, you know, now I've also seen like the like a uh, uncrustables, like yep. uh, like griddled closed, you know, like uh, like in a sandwich maker. I used to eat those back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, th- th- those those little sandwich makers were big in like the early 2000s and like late 90s. I feel like. So I used to make my grilled cheese too. Damn and right. The ones you lock down oh, when, yeah. when the light turns green, it's ready to go. That's it. That's it. That's that latchkey kid shit. Remember? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. That's that's a that's a common theme in this. We all had to come home from school when the parents got to work, man. Oh yeah. You know. Yep. The sandwich is uh, popular in the United States, uh, especially among children. Um, 2002 survey showed the average American will eat 1,500 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before graduating from high school. Wow. That sounds low. I wonder if that's changed since 2002. Do you think kids eat more or less? I think they eat less. I think kids have more options these days. Uh, I think kids, I think... I would say seventy. I would say <laughs> I would say seven thousand two hundred and fifty of those peanut butter sandwiches are now lunchables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say half I of them. Kid, like the internet's got these kids kind of like bougie now too, with like their health options and That's stuff. That's true. Like, yeah, you, you, a five year old be asking. They're for, eating fucking athletic greens. Yeah. and <laughs> Soylent and shit. <laughs> <laughs> they let call me get it that soylent. Let me get that French dip, Dad. Call, that's right. <laughs> what is this crap? This I want is, some au jus. Yeah. How do you even know the word au jus? Where's my, where's my jus? <laughs> Make it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. 1,500 peanut butter and jelly. But, you know, you got to think that's from like when, the minute you could start chewing on solid food to when you graduate from high school. That seems low. 1,500, yeah. like. I feel like there was a time in my life where I had a peanut butter sandwich twice a day or peanut butter jelly sandwich, like twice, you know, like had it for lunch. And then like you get one when you come home or, you know what I mean? But maybe not. There are many variations of the sandwich, of course, starting with the basic peanut butter sandwich, which is like without jam or just a jam sandwich. I've seen that too. You know? Um, So let's get into peanut butter a little bit. Peanut butter was originally paired with a diverse set of savory foods, you ready for this? Let's go. Such as pimento cheese. Oh. oh. Celery. Worcestershire sauce. Oh. Watercress. Interesting. Saltines and toasted crackers. Well, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, in a Good Housekeeping article published in uh, May 1896, a recipe urged homemakers, a recipe, quote, urged homemakers to use a meat grinder to make peanut butter and spread the results on bread. So, you know, peanut butter didn't really exist until like the late 19th, early 20th century. I think when things like meat grinders were available to home cooks more, um, you know, because nobody was making this stuff industrially quite yet. You know, I mean, did um, they have refrigeration at that point? No. So no. kind of didn't have that option. No, but peanut butter is shelf stable. So you, sh- you don't need to refrigerate. It's shelf stable for a few months, at least, you know, particularly if you add a little salt, then it'll it'll last. But. That's funny, though, that it was like when, you know, it's like all these things that um, you see in the grocery store aisles were once things that people made at home. Yeah. You know, like pickles, you know, all the condiments, jam, jelly, mustard, you know, 
maybe not ketchup. You know, that's kind of an industrial product. But a form of ketchup was made at home. It was, For you, sure. You know, when it came out in England, it was like it was they used mushrooms first before they didn't have tomatoes. Ooh, mushroom ketchup. Yeah, mushroom that ketchup was dope. a thing. It, uh, it probably is. Like I've never had it, but you know, that's a thing that would do like. Um, you know, that's kind of how Worcestershire farmed. And all of this stuff, ketchup, Worcestershire, they were trying to um, emulate, uh, like, sauces they they uh, experienced, uh, you know, in their colonial adventures in Asia, basically. So, um, ketchup was, like, this sauce that they used in, like, Indonesia. And it was basically fish sauce. So, like, it was, like, you know, fish sauce, and they had a bunch of stuff in it. And I think, like, um, tamarind. You know, all this crap, probably like some soy. Who knows? You know. Right. Uh, and then there was uh, uh, Worcestershire was like a, they were trying to remake, you know, pretty much Thai fish sauce, you know. But you get back to England, you know, you got to use English ingredients, you know. So I imagine that's kind of what happened here, too, where it was your peanut butter was used as a substitute for meat. It was used as this, that it was a health food. It was a fad at first, you know, like everything in America, it started as some fat, you know? Yeah. Um, the following month, the culinary magazine table talk published a peanut butter sandwich recipe. So that's the first recorded like recipe of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or peanut butter sandwich. Sorry. And that was 1896. The first known reference to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich appeared in the Boston Cooking School magazine in 1901. Uh, it called for three very thin layers of bread and, and two of filling, one of peanut paste, whatever brand you prefer, and currant or crab apple jelly for the other, uh, and called it uh, as, so far as I know, original. So they were the first to put it on paper and put it out to the world, but I think that phrase, they knew that they probably didn't invent it. You know, they were like, as far as we know, this is original, but I mean, come on here. You know, this is so simple. Somebody had to have done this before. Right. And I don't know if you noticed that, but that original recipe was a double decker. Yeah. It called for three slices of bread and peanut butter between one, you know, two slices and then the jelly between the other. I think I want the jelly and the peanut butter touching. I don't know if I like them separate like that. I know it yeah. all, you know, once you start chewing, it all comes together. But And then you got to think about your, you know, your filling to bread ratio there, too. a lot too. of bread. That's a lot of bread. I mean, they did say very thin slices, so. That makes sense. You know, but that's interesting. It was a club sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get that PB&J club. In the early 20th century, the sandwich was adopted down the class structure as the price of peanut butter dropped. Um, you know, peanut butter, like many things, was a... Uh, almost a luxury item at first. You know, you had to have that meat grinder to yeah. even do it. Um, or I'm sure if there were industrial versions, they might have been pretty expensive due to the novelty of it, you know, because uh, I don't think it's ever been expensive to produce. Uh, you know, it's grind peanuts. That's it, you know. So, uh, you know, it became popular with children with the advent of sliced bread in the 20s, which allowed them to make their own sandwiches easily or mom could whip it to get up real quick. And, uh, you know, it just became a... a, a an American childhood staple uh, very, very quickly. Lots of energy, very little prep. That's it. And because of those things, uh, since World War II, both peanut butter and jelly have been found on U.S. soldiers' military ration lists. I Makes mean, sense. protein, sugar, carbs, what more do you need, really? You know, you, you're on the go. It can, it's all can be shelf stable. You can have it in your pack, you whip it up real quick. It's an energy bomb. 
interesting little side note. I did a, uh, a report back in high school on Tootsie Rolls and found out that they were a crucial part of the survival pack of old school soldiers because they would never go bad. Yeah. You could stick those in your pocket or in your, you know, your box or whatever and, and carry those for months at a time, bust them out anytime you need them. It was a little like, yeah, exactly. Like you need a little something sweet or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me, I, I feel like uh, you hear all these stories of like these soldiers um, or like, you know, not to get too dark, but like they open the concentration camps and like, they're just like the, the people are just like chocolate. Yeah. Like, like, you know, the soldiers are giving them rations from their, you know, chocolate rations from their, uh, I wonder how much, how much that chocolate was Tootsie Rolls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I'm also just imagining guys with M16s laying around with like bullet belts on eating PB and J's and Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, right. That's just a That's comical right. image. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they ate whatever they could. I yeah. guarantee it. All right. So that's pretty much what Wikipedia says about it. I mean, it's it's you know, it's simple. There's not much to say about this. Everybody knows this sandwich. Everybody has had it. Um, Everybody probably kind of likes it. You know, uh, you know, uh, I'm probably in the minority on how I feel about this sandwich. I mean, if you don't, you've got memories of liking it. That's right. Yeah, I, I ate it. That's for sure. You know how much I liked it. I don't know. I certainly liked it better than bologna sandwiches. I I would I would eat a bologna sandwich today, but as a kid I wouldn't touch that shit. Um, and today it's gonna be mortadella. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the pistachios. Oh and, yeah. You know? We getting fancy now. Damn right. It's gotta be a, have a foreign name if I'm gonna eat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's hard to pronounce, I'm here for yeah, it. Peanut butter. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Want it with jam? Yeah, marmalade. <laughs> Fuck exactly. out of here. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I feel like this section might be extraneous since we just kind of went over it. But what's in it? As the wiki said, it is simply bread, peanut butter and fruit preserves of some sort. Um, You know, there are a few nuances that we can address, though. I feel like you can't really make this sandwich with like sourdough or a baguette. It's got to be sliced bread, you know, and preferably like shitty factory bread that resembles a sponge, you know, like Wonder Bread, you know. Uh, Also, you can't toast it. It's got to be spongy and it's got to be raw to be a true lunch bag PB&J. I'm not saying you can't toast it, of course, by all means, you know, and uh, I think when my mom made them, she toasted the bread first and whatever. When I made them, I didn't, yeah. you know, um, you know, but that's really where the stipulations stop. Go ham with the type of nut butter or preserves, you know, almond butter, whatever. Go hard, you know. The classic is the smooth peanut butter with Concord grape jelly. Let's talk about that jelly a little bit, because I feel like that's that's a crucial it's a crucial part of people's experience of peanut butter and jelly growing up. And it's a big reason why I don't like peanut butter and jelly, because that Concord grape jam, that flavor, I will never forget. It, yeah, so much of it everywhere you go, you know, and Concord grapes are just, you know, they're a specific variety that comes from, you know, Concord, California. We'll get into it. I'm sorry, uh, from uh, Massachusetts. But they're the Concord grape is very grapey. I know that sounds dumb to say, but like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, if you taste like a uh, muscat grape, it tastes, it tastes tropical almost. You taste a, you know, any, another wine grape, a Pinot Noir grape. It's going to have a completely different kind of like peppery kind of thing going on. Concord grapes taste like artificial grape flavor. It's weird. Like, so they're just hella grapey, you know? Um, the Concord grape is named after the town in Massachusetts where it's originally cultivated. 
Uh, it's insane. Ubiquity is mostly due to Dr. Thomas Bramwell Welch. You know that name. Yep. Making juice from it and forming Welch's Grape Juice Company to be uh, to create a substitute for a communion wine for like um, for Protestants who didn't want to drink, basically. Uh, so by the time PB and J became popular, Concord grape juice had been in the American popular imagination for several decades already. And I think you know what people did is they boiled that grape juice down with sugar and some pectin, and they made jam out of it. You know, and that's probably where it came from. Or maybe maybe Welch's themselves, you know, sold a, a grape jam, grape jelly. Uh, who invented this sandwich? You know, I ask this question almost every time. And almost every time the answer is nobody, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, like something like a sandwich can't really said to have been invented unless you're talking about a specific, um, you know, uh, retail operation or restaurant that has invented a sandwich. And then, you know, you can say, hey, well, that's, you know, that's Turkey and the Wolves. They've been doing that. You know, that that belongs to, you know, to to Tila. They've been doing that, you know, whatever, you know. Right. Um, but that being said, whatever you do invent quote unquote is a variation on something that already exists always yeah you know it's you know so invent is a is a slippery word i feel like uh innovate maybe you know introduce maybe you know but uh invent is the word we like we like to use it for a lot of stuff but it, it means almost nothing sometimes because who's ever really invented anything you know we've all kind of stumbled upon uh, existing things in the world and uncover them, or we've uh, kind of pieced together other ideas and things and created something new from that. So I feel like all the guests we've had so far have basically agreed that the the invention stories of these sandwiches have basically always been marketing schemes. Apocryphal, always. Like, and it's always like this thing where it's to uh, aggrandize somebody's name or somebody's kind of involvement in something, right? So as with the, you know, general idea of the sandwich itself, you know, it's hard to pin down a single originator of the PB&J PB sandwich. Um, and as stated in the Wikipedia section, the first recorded utterance of the sandwich was in that 1901 Boston Cooking School magazine article. But I mean, you know, come on, there's no way to that that's the first time someone thought to do this, you know, especially considering people have been spreading peanut butter on crackers and over bread ever since, you know, George Washington Carver plucked the ground nut out the soil, you know right. what I mean? And before that, you know, uh, they've been putting, you know, they were putting like travesties like Worcestershire sauce and watercress on it. So, you know, clearly people are already being inventive with it. You right. Know? Sounds pretty desperate for innovation at that well, point. Well, that's, it was uh, the Great Depression. Makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, that's when those types of things evolve, you know, 20s, 10s, 20s too. But had like, to eat what you had. Believe it, you know? And uh, we talked a, bit, a little bit about that on the uh, ham sandwich episode. Uh, Patrick was talking about his grandfather eating a, a mustard herring and, and like. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, you know what? That, I'd have I was that. like, you know what? I ain't mad at that. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, we can, for us, that's a novelty. For them, it was dinner. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's something to be said for that. Um, so, you know, speaking of being inventive, there are several variations of this sandwich. Um, you know, and this is where we get to talk about Elvis a little bit, you know? Let's go. The King of Rock. Isn't that what they call this fucking guy? Well, uh, that's what <laughs> that's the way he was marketed. Right. You'll find a whole community of uh what I mean, the black I, the black community. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel know? like little Richard would object. <laughs> a know? lot of people objected. <laughs> like Fats Domino might object, yeah. you know, yeah. like <laughs> 
Buddy Holly would have objected, I feel like. Like, wait a minute. Like, but, you know, uh, fair enough. He was very popular and he was very um, influenced by early rock and roll, which was made by black people. Um, And he was quite willing to acknowledge that. So, you know, Elvis is who he is. His legacy is complicated. But, you know. Uh, credit due, credit due where where it's due. I know? mean, he was an amazing musician. Absolutely, that's, that's a fact. Yeah, and a weirdo, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> and a fucking I feel like, weirdo. Man, fame and fortune really does that. To people. Well, he was weird before that, and I mean, it might it might have something to do with the fact that he got famous really young. You know, he was barely twenty, I think, when he got famous. Uh, but you know, mama's boy all his life. You know, I can just, understand that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, I, I love my mama too. You know. So this man, Elvis, loved a sandwich called the Fool's Gold Loaf. The sandwich was served at the Colorado Mine Company. It's a restaurant in Denver. Uh, I don't know how he ever got this sandwich in the first place on tour, I imagine. And, yeah. You know, was like, yo, that's amazing. So it is a whole ass hollowed out loaf of bread filled with a whole ass jar of creamy peanut butter, a whole ass jar of grape jelly and a whole ass pound of bacon jesus (laughs) that's my that's the next uh uh part in my my notes jesus christ (laughs) this man was (laughs) high as hell he was he was coked out of his mind and drunk no no it was i think it was pills i think it was pills i think it was was all of them you know it was every bit of it yeah (laughs) he was hungry for sure. <laughs> so apparently Elvis flew on a private jet with his buds from Graceland one time and ate 30 of these bitches with bottles of champagne and then flew straight back. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> it's like, bruh, 30? How? And I mean, I'm talking about like five friends. It wasn't like he had a whole plane full of people. Again, yeah. they were all high as hell. High as fuck. It was like <laughs> him and his band, you know, like nuts. Uh, I don't think I could eat a half of one of those, let alone, no. let alone what, four or five? And what are, like, what are we considering a jar? I mean, we're talking like the store-bought. Yeah, I think what, like, like a 10-ounce jar or something like that's that? Insane. Like a 12-ounce. I mean, like, just that much peanut butter is enough for me to be like, no, nah, I'm nuts. good. Yeah. I mean, you know, sizes of food have increased over over the decades. So maybe in the 60s, it was a eight ounce jar. I don't know. But it was a whole loaf of bread. That's a lot of sandwich. I mean, loaf sizes ain't really changed. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they hollowed it out. I wonder what they did with the inner bread. It probably made breadcrumbs. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, so other uh, variations include uh, like changing the nut butter, almond butter, Nutella. I've seen tahini sandwiches like like. Where was I? It was like a tahini and fig jam sandwich. That sounds fantastic, actually. I would eat that. Yeah, I'd try it. So kind of like a, you know, Middle Eastern Mediterranean kind of twist on it, you know? Uh, I've seen it with honey instead of fruit preserves. That's a common, you know, thing. Um, Bananas, apples, you know, that's the, uh, that's the, like, the hippie parents version. We don't eat jelly in this household. (laughs) Have fruit. Mom, no, you have fruit. Um, I heard of a spot that put um, a honeycomb on it, Ooh, which sounds fantastic. That does actually. sound good. Like peanut butter and honeycomb. That's some texture right there. Absolutely. And I would like maybe some like black pepper on it. Like, Oh, yeah, you can do all kinds of you stuff. Can, you can go point. ham with that. Yeah. yeah, please. That sounds great. You know what would be real good, actually? A little bit of peanut butter, that honeycomb, and then like a couple slices of prosciutto. I feel like would be like, I feel like it would be real nice. 
That's like I'm gonna a, have to try this. That's an adult ass yeah. peanut butter sandwich, right there. You know what I mean? Like that's an evolved version. I think you need like a thin layer of peanut butter. Yeah. With that you know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, fluffernutter. Seen that one? Uh, peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Yeah. Uh, disgusting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not here for that one. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> but I, people eat that shit. So what are you gonna do? It's it's a regional delicacy somewhere. It's like um. I want to say in somewhere in New England, it's a thing. I know you're correct about that, only because um, the last uh, sci-fi book series that I read, uh, the main character was from the New England area, and he loved Fluffernutters. Is that The Expanse? No, it was um, Expeditionary Force. Mm. You were telling me about that one. Amazing book series. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, you know, you can toast it. You can grill it like a grilled cheese, as like we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, many picky kids demand it crustless. Um, or another travesty, uncrustables, which I might be opening a can of worms here, might actually be a dumpling. I, you know what? It's closed. But, it's crimped. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might have to argue with myself. It's still prepared items put together. You don't then cook it. Like, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's I mean, the that's crucial your, part. Like, if that's your definition, yeah. it has to be cooked afterwards. Yeah. Now, we're out of deep fry that Uncrustable. Now you have a deep fried PB&J dumpling. I think I might have a deep fried PB. It's a fucking PB&J calzone. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I never want to speak that word again. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. All right. So who is this? Uh Children and very broke people and uh, apparently soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's be frank here. This is a disgusting sandwich. I, you know, very few people would choose this if there's other options, um, except for seven-year-olds. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that there's many people out there who genuinely love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, yeah. But I think most people, it's a, a, a food of necessity. You know, yeah. it's... um. You know, I'm not going to go as far as I did with the French dip and call it a delicacy of poverty because it's just a little too common for that. Yeah. But it is a a, a staple of poverty. You it's know like I mean? even if you don't agree that it that the the flavor experience is trash, like it's trash for you health wise. Right. It's not that great for you. No. Yeah. And particularly if you're using Wonder Bread, they sap the nutrients out. Yeah. And then put them back in. Like, yeah, the enriched. <laughs> I never understood that. Like, why not just leave it? It has it has everything to do with the processing. You know, it's it's when they mill the flour, they bleach it out, they mill it really finely, and then you know, um, separate out the germ and the bran, which has all the nutrients. Yeah, that's it. And then know? they spray like a half-assed nutrient well, concentrate then they take, on it. Then they take that germ and bran that they've like soaked back in. And that, that's what they, they use that water to make the bread. You know what I mean? It's just very elaborate and very, like, just to get this, like, weird texture, you know, um, and make it, like, more shelf-stable, really. Yeah. That's really the, I think, the goal here. Um, you know, get the moisture down, get all the kind of um, uh, ingredients that go rancid out. Yeah. And, you know, re- reconstruct it, you know. Uh, it's weird as hell. It's very American and very 20th century. Yeah. Um, you know, 
we live in the shadow of it and the legacy of it. And, you know, it's probably not going away anytime yeah, soon. No, absolutely not. You know, that being said, you know, we got in here in Cincinnati and many cities I live in, we have fantastic bakeries. Yeah. Um, really good bread here. Um, I'll say the last PB&J that I did have was on seed bread. Okay. Which was, because I love seed bread. Yeah, me too. I mean, the I texture the, and the yeah, flavors love, there, yeah. so good. I used to get this like oat bread. Oh, yeah. And it had like oats, like, um, you know, regular, like uh, flat cut oats on the top of the bread. But inside it had like, like little pieces, like steel cut oat. Like, you know, it was like, nice. so you got a little nut, yeah. nut in there, yeah. you know, some like, um, like I think I had like sunflower seeds. Really yeah. good. I'll say like being on a PB&J, like the sweetness did overpower, but like it did add you know, a little bit more of a a classy experience to the PB&J. Well, and that bread is kind of sweet, too. Like, that bread is sweeter than Wonder Bread, mm-hmm. you know, because oftentimes it's baked with honey yeah. or, like, you know, something like that. It was a higher quality experience, for sure. There you go. I love that. It's, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't have a joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, a latch key, you know, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> now I'm eating peanut butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> Uh, watching a Batman the animated series. <laughs> mm. X Men. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, Disney Afternoon. <laughs> what accent am I doing? I don't even know. I fucking know. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cry. <laughs> All right. So, you know, a big part of what we're doing on this podcast is trying to categorize these things and, you know, put these sandwiches in relation to each other. And we did some pretty good work on that last episode. Yeah. And we talked about the the category of the paste sandwich. This fits squarely in that category. For sure. And I don't think there's any, there's no Venn diagram, really. This is a paste sandwich. Yeah. Like, squarely. That's all like, it is. Yeah. Um, it's not a deli sandwich. It's not a cold cut. It's not a, it's not cooked. It's paste sandwich, you know? Um, now, maybe with a little bit of like looking into it, I might be able to think what else it is, but you know, it's sweet. Is that, a, is that its yeah. own category? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, would you separate a, a sweet ham sandwich from a more umami ham sandwich? I wouldn't. So, yeah. you know, you, well, we, we talked about it a little bit. I think that Monte Cristo is a travesty and that's a sweet ham sandwich. Right. But, that's all I could think of. Like, uh, yeah. And unless you get like, you know, some, some store-bought honey ham and. Right. But the point remains the same. I don't think of them as, they're, they're, it's all ham sandwiches, yeah. you know. Um, so I don't think sweet is its own category because how many sweet sandwiches are there yeah. really, you know. Um, the only other distinction I feel like you could make here is like, are there hot spreads? Uh, like are all spreads and pastes typically room temperature? Yeah. So yeah. there's not like a hot paste sandwich at all. No, and I don't know. I don't like. I don't like that phrase. Hot paste sandwich. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Hot paste sandwich. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sounds like one of those weird sex moves that we used to, people used to come up with in high school. It's like our Urban Dictionary. Gave her a Cleveland steamer and a hot paste sandwich. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I'm saying it all the time. You're kidding me. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. All right. Yeah. So, you know, this is um, you know, in the same category as the pimento and cheese, you know, cream cheese and cucumber, 
and grilled cheese even, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's texturally unchallenging. It's usually a snack, uh, comfort food, or served to children or people who can't handle hard textures. You know, I'm sure old people eat peanut butter and jelly all the time. Oh, for sure. You know? uh, it is a protein bomb with a blast of sugar, so it makes it a, a decent and simple lunch. Yeah. You know, uh, it's hard to go wrong with that peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, if that's if you just want to want to eat and you don't want to be hungry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the PB&J, man. That's it. It, it, you know, it. There's not much more to it. It's got a really it's a very American thing. I, I was in Germany and um, the people I was staying with that, you know, uh, they were winemakers and they had three daughters and two of them are high school. One's like in college. And the college daughter was like, hey, I, whenever Americans come around, I always got to ask about f- peanut butter. That sounds disgusting. And it's like and, and I'm not my. my my reaction was, why is that disgusting? Yeah, I mean, it's a good substance. You know, but, you know, unfamiliar stuff yeah. to people, you know, okay, something like Marmite or Vegemite. Are you familiar with these things? Yes. It's a yeast spread, right? It's like a salted yeast spread. It's a byproduct of brewing, I think. Um, I understand why people find that disgusting. It's Yeah. You, when you say yeast spread to me, you know, I mean, come on, like. Jesus, you know, Um, and it's salty. It's weird. It's like fermenty and got a strange flavor. Peanut butter is literally ground peanuts. I don't understand what what the hang up is with Europeans with this stuff. Like uh, maybe uh, I saw that we had some listeners from like Belgium and uh, I think somebody from Luxembourg, maybe France. Definitely, you know, get at me. Let me know what's up with this. Why? Why? What's what's the issue with peanut butter? Why why aren't you guys feeling it? I mean, I the only thing I could think of there to try to empathize with that would be, you know, maybe just particular flavors with particular textures, like yeah. a meat paste. You know what I mean? It's going to taste good, but do you want your meat taste to come in a paste in well, your mouth? Absolutely. Because we eat meat paste all the time. I mean, French people, it's called pate. That's French for paste. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. People like I, a hot dog is a meat paste. Bologna is a meat paste. Yes. I love meat paste. For sure. Fair enough. You know, but um, I think it has more to do with like, it's a, it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about with the definition of sandwich. Yeah. It's a language issue. People get, or, or, or like language, but like it's a category issue. Are they imagining like actual butter? Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it's the word butter. Yeah. But I think what it, like Europeans eat peanuts and why would you do anything else to them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a category thing. It's like, you know, I love broccoli. I'm not going to be eating broccoli puree. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. So, something like that, you know? I'm trying to imagine another snack. Like, yeah. if they ha- if they sold popcorn in a tube, you know, are you going to squeeze popcorn yeah. in your mouth? That's a, good, that's a good example. Popcorn is eaten the way it's eaten. Yeah. You don't do shit else to it. Um, now, that being said, I did see something. I think you make tortillas from popcorn. Like, you, like pop the corn, and then you added water, mushed it up, turned it into a paste, and then you, had, be pretty and then you made, like, bread from it. You that know? doesn't like, sound bad. No, sounds fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I just think that a lot of these things are, like, kind of, categ- not category errors, but, like, category, like, misinterpretations. Yeah. You know, like, what? Butter? Why do you call it butter? Like, you know, like, <laughs> so I think that's a big part of it. Um, all right, man. Like I said, 
that's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Let's 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 ask each other some questions. Let's do it. Let's 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 dig into this a little more. Uh, I've already answered this question, but do you like this sandwich? I do like this sandwich. Do you um, eat this sandwich? Not even remotely regularly, um, but I do particularly like the taste of specifically strawberry jam and peanut butter. Yeah. I love strawberry jam so fucking much. Me and too. Strawberry jam and smooth peanut butter is a fantastic flavor combination. And like I said, I I can't stand white bread anymore now that I've had like good breads that yeah. you know actually have some hard some, to go back yeah some sustenance to them and you know though nutritious so we we talked about it a little bit on a ham sandwich grilled cheese i will take some of that white bread oh yeah for grilled sure cheese the white bread and uh and the the plastic yellow cheese <laughs> that's you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's a thing that's the taste of it that's you know? what it is yeah absolutely but yeah i i will eat uh a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like okay. I say, on some seed bread especially. Mm. There you go. Well, then maybe that's the answer to the next question. What's the best version you had? You know, set, the, set the scene, yeah. As of now, because I just recently had it, my mom's homemade strawberry jam with just some smooth, creamy jiff on some uh, Mike's bread. What is, what is the Oh, dude? that guy, uh, Guy who was in jail. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mike's something brand. Yeah. He's I like, can't it, remember the brand. There's like now. a cartoon on yeah. the, yeah. Dave's. Dave's. Dave's bread. Dave's That's what killer it. bread. Dave's killer bread. Yes. That's it. Dave's killer bread, uh, specifically the good seed bread. Yeah. With smooth, creamy jiff and some strawberry jam. That's actually, if you're stuck with just a grocery store, just a Kroger or Safeway, Dave's bread is a good way to go. Yeah. Like you can usually find it and it's not bad, actually. It's yeah, it's yeah. good bread. Yeah. Um what is your favorite sandwich? My favorite sandwich, just hands down, including everything. Yeah. Mm. That's a hard one. That is people a ask me this question all the time. Obviously, when when I tell them I have a sandwich themed podcast, what's your favorite sandwich? I I I still haven't answered this question. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Because it, it I mean, really my answer usually depends on the day, right? Yeah, it depends on the setting. It also depends like on the meal. Because typically, I'm not eating just a sandwich. Like it's usually Fair. some like there's some a side with it, or it's like I'm having some soup or something like that. All right. Well, listen, we're both holding guns to each other's heads. What's your favorite sandwich, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if I had to answer that question, I'd probably say like a pastrami sandwich from a Jewish deli, like. I've never had a pastrami sandwich. Son. Oh, man. Well, I lived in New York for yeah. 14 years and also partially grew up in Los Angeles, which also has a lot of great Jewish delis. Um, so I've, I've experienced it many times. Uh, man, what a fantastic, like, pastrami is amazing. I love it. I, I can't, can't speak on it. Yeah, man. Well, that's probably my answer, you know. But then I think about it and... What I normally order, no matter where I am, is a uh, is like an Italian sub: three meats, shredded lettuce, tomato, onion, oil, and vinegar. I like mayo on mine, you know, and like some of like oregano and shit. Like they a fucking Jersey Mike's Jersey yeah. store, store style sandwich. You know what I mean? Like that Italian beef sandwich from Four Mile Pig is dope. 
we we talked about that uh, last last episode. We were talking about like that Chicago style beef yeah. and how awesome that is with the uh, with the spicy jardinera on top. So good. No, man. If I had to pick just an all time favorite sandwich, straight up, I'd have to just go with a classic, well made, not well done, well made cheeseburger. Yes, sir. There are just it, it's hard to beat a badass <sighs> cheeseburger. Man. Fuck, man. I know. Oh. <laughs> that might be my you know what I mean like how many burgers do I eat and and they're like and I'm not talking like McDonald's burgers fuck that but, but like, I'll fuck with that too that, I mean that yeah they're good but I mean you know like that real thick like half pound patty so you're talking about a bistro burger like, I mean a fucking burger yeah you know not I mean? like a um you want a restaurant burger yes yeah because you know they, like what's popular right now is the griddle burgers right yeah. Which I love, too. Like, I, dude, a, a good, like, a smash patty melt. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. man, patty melt's great. Patty melts are so good. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't start a podcast about sandwiches because you only like one sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, favorite sandwich, my answer remains, depends on the day. Yeah. You know? And it sounds like that's probably your answer, too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so, if you just had to eat... Uh, you know, we've already kind of did this. We, the, the question we normally ask is if you had to eat one one of this type of sandwich, where in the world would you eat it? The, there's only one answer for peanut butter and jelly. It's at your fucking at house home. when you're yeah. nine years old, you know, or at lunch at school. That's After the only school, place. That's man. it. Yeah. You know. After school with some cartoons. That's it. Honestly, more likely at school. At that too. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like at lunch, you know, and you, maybe you can trade it away for a better sandwich. I don't know, man. If it's if it's if it's pizza day, I'm eating pizza. I'll believe it. But, you know, <laughs> believe it. Um, drink pairing, like you said, dude. Glass of milk. Glass of milk. That's the way to go. Yeah. Chocolate milk. Not with the PB and J. Too sweet. Too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Straight I'm going straight milk. white milk. Yeah. Yeah. White milk. Uh, and you heard mine. Fucking ice water, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's just to wash down the goddamn peanut to, butter. That's just to get the like a uh, lump of bread out of my throat. Mostly. Yeah, like that's like, like when you talked about like you know the original peanut butter sandwich without the jam. I'm like, dude, that's I, just too dry. That's a lot. Yeah. Too dry. I don't know. I need something. On I don't it. make that much saliva. Nah, I can't do it. Well, you know, give me some Jew on the <laughs> to dip it in. That's why they use the Worcestershire. <laughs> or like, can you imagine like? It's like a peanut butter and jelly, but or, or it's like a peanut butter sandwich, but you have like a cup of like thin jelly to like <laughs> dip it in, like it's a the most bougie deconstructed. Sandwich. <laughs> hey, I'm doing this. You get <laughs> you get a you get some Concord syrup on the side. You're gonna do everything you can to make this peanut butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> a peanut butter. We're doing this. This is beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, how would you take the sandwich to the next level? Ooh. I mean, you know, obviously this is a question I usually ask, you know, chefs and people who have culinary experience. But yeah, this is a simple sandwich. Yeah. We can we can we can kick this up on our own. I think mm. there's a simple answer that I see people do a lot. What's that answer? Potato chips. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was. You know, my first thought was like, I, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to feel about the fool's gold. You know, adding bacon to it seems like— I was going like to say, bacon makes everything better, though. It does make everything better. And Especially I, I can like, imagine the taste along with a PB&J, mm-hmm. and it's not the worst thing I've ever had no. imagining it. No, and and especially, like, make my bacon well done. 
Yeah. So it has that crisp like chips. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's all good. I think. But like a classic, just Lay's potato chip layer yeah. on there. Yeah. Definitely. A little bit of salt, a little bit of crunch. Um, you know, that makes it texturally interesting. Now I could also see, you know, the banana slices. Yes. That would yeah. that could go well. Now would you case. do would you substitute them out or would you in addition? I think in addition. In addition, yeah. definitely, yeah. Uh apple slices. Apple slices like thin, are dope. Thin I love apple apples slices. Too. So here's I'm weird about apples. I love Apple products. I'm not talking about fucking computers. I mean, like I like apple. <laughs> I like I like apple cider. I like apple sauce. But raw apples and me are not not homies. Man, I love a good apple. Yeah, yeah. It's a texture thing for me. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, that like wet crunch like sets my teeth on edge a little. Oh, see, I love that. Yeah, do you? I feel the same way about like water chestnuts or like. Um, like very crunchy nuts, like walnuts and, and pecans. I, they, they just kind of like make me shudder a little bit when I eat them. See, I just, I like just about any kind of fruit that quenches my thirst at the same time. Fair. Yeah. So like, you know, Water's watermelon. Are, yeah, apples are very apples, watered. Apples, yeah. grapes. You know, it's, it's like having a drink with your snack. Fair. It's nice. Yeah. Oranges. Yeah. So juicy. Uh, yeah, I love fruit, man. Like um, in general, I love fruit. And here's the thing. I'm saying about that about apples, but, you know, I'm pro- I rarely turn down an apple, you know, if I'm offered one. Yeah. So, you know, I don't hate it. That's for sure. I just never choose yeah. it more than anything, you know? Yeah. I like the chip. I think chips Probably. is really all you need to do to take this to the next level. Obviously, the fool's gold sandwich is several levels. Yeah. Like, that's, I that mean, is. if you want to get ridiculous, you could you could definitely do, like, the fancy lines across the top with some, like, Hershey's chocolate syrup mm. or something, you know? But then you hide them. Like, I guess if you have an open-faced, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like so, like peanut butter, chocolate, and jelly, like a dessert PB and J kind of situation. Interesting. All right, peanut butter and chocolate sandwich, huh? Like, a, like a Reese's sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it already I goes together. I, you know, that might. I don't know if I'd use the Hershey syrup. I think I would put like like bars. Yeah, like on the peanut butter. Like you know, what I'm Could saying you like like, a, like a peanut butter s'more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, without the marshmallow. Like, but yeah, a peanut butter. S'more. Oh, dude! Instead of chips, graham cracker. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, does anybody make like, uh, has anybody ever made like a graham loaf? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like, I hope they like have. graham cracker bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that sounds dope. Like, I mean, you can get graham, like, or uh, you can get the brand that they use to make graham, yeah. graham crackers with. Um, let's see what Google says about that. Let's see <laughs> I love this, some good graham let's crackers, see if this man. Let's this is a thing. Like, graham cracker bread. Graham yeah. bread. Hey, there it is. Found it instantly. Yeah, it's whole wheat flour and like honey. So, I, okay, actually, this makes sense because graham crackers came from graham bread. Okay, you yeah, know, that, you know what I mean. That makes sense. Like, so here, here you go. The graham cracker <laughs> was inspired by the preaching of Sylvester Graham, who was in part, who was a part of the 19th century temperance movement. He believed that minimizing pleasure and stimulation of all kinds, including the prevention of masturbation coupled with the vegetarian diet anchored by bread made from wheat coarsely ground at home was how God intended people to live. Well, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that that is not how God intended people to live. Nah. <laughs> I think you're tripping, Graham. No, nah, I'm eating seed bread and masturbating. That's right. Every day. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. Ah, <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> that's gross, man. You're nasty. He's nasty, bro. <laughs> Ugh, that's gross. Look, Just, I really <laughs> like graham crackers, man. 
Oh Bro, we need guests from now on. This is yeah. too off the rails. <laughs> this is too much. We've gone, we've, we've gone wild. <laughs> You're right. Can't leave us alone with these mics. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's open our randomizer. Let's do see, it. And see what we call this. You want to do boop, one boop, question boop, each? Boop, 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 boop. If this sandwich were an orchestral instrument, what would it be? Oh, man. Boy. Um, Something obvious because like. The recorder. <laughs> the slide whistle the penny whistle like yeah yeah because i'm like what instrument do kids play yeah the same instrument we all got handed yeah. in third the grade fucking recorder yeah are there recorders in orchestras i hope not <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the answer to that, that question there's no better answer than that <laughs> all right all right oh Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My friend, what <laughs> rap act Ooh. is a peanut butter? Who are you trying to catch shots from for calling them a peanut butter and jelly Bruh. rap group right now? Crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Bow Wow, bro. This sandwich, this sandwich is Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nickelodeon this, rap is what it is. This sandwich is Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is this is um, MC Hammer as fuck, dude. <laughs> this sandwich, this sandwich is rap between eighty-seven and ninety-two on the radio. <laughs> this is a, yeah. this is a young MC ass sandwich. <laughs> it's like think of any any rap song that's not gonna piss off yeah. white moms. Yeah, exactly. That's about this, it. Is the, this is a they got this is this. Like they got like a a, a Fisher Price ass like uh, a nursery nursery rhyme like rhyme scheme, <laughs> you know. That you know what I'm talking about? That rhyme Peanut scheme? butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's that's a battle rap. Like punch in and of itself. You call somebody a PB and J rapper. Peanut butter and jelly ass raps. <laughs> Fuck out of it. Go back to kindergarten. <laughs> what are you doing here? That's a sufficient burn, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd leave. You win. I'd leave. <laughs> Damn. I will go back to kindergarten. Yeah. Shit. All right. Okay. This was fun. Uh, final thoughts, hot takes, poems or odes, haikus to this particular sandwich? Oh, man. You mean like 15 minutes, I'll give you a slamming haiku about a peanut butter jelly, Ooh, but yeah. not off one the top. One day somebody's going to come with one. Yeah, yeah. Not off the top. Yeah. Um, How about hot takes on this sandwich? I mean, you heard mine. It sucks. I mean, it, like you said, as an adult, it's not the one you're reaching for. But like, I will say, you know, I'm I'm not nearly as much of a stoner as I used to be. But if I walk into my mom's kitchen high off my ass and I see peanut butter and her jelly, I'm fucking it up. But see, I'm more likely to like just have like a pack of crackers with me and a knife in each jar. And like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as opposed to construct. I'll do that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to make a whole ass sandwich out of that. I'm just going to snack on it. Right. For me, it's more about the peanut butter and jelly itself than it is about the sandwich. Yes. Yes. Now, that being said, though, I have a hot take. This is the essential sandwich. Like the essential sandwich? Yes. Like this is like, this is the sandwich that 
is like the prototype for almost everything else. Like it introduces you to the world of sandwich. Yes, one. But also just like structurally, um, it is like the like primordial ooze of sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like it's the uh, it's the the fish that crawled out of the sea and mm. started breathing oxygen in many ways. Because now historically that's not true. That you know, historically that would be the the, the flatbread sandwich, which yeah. we're gonna talk about next time. But it's like uh got all the basic components of what a sandwich is and nothing else. Yeah. You know, you you kind of build on that. And what I mean by that is it's got its protein, which is the peanut butter, it's on bread, and it's got a condiment, which is the jelly. And you know what I'm saying? Everything else is kind of on top of that. It's like you know the I mean? most basic ass sandwich yeah. you can make. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, so if you want to like compare it to like the Italian deli sandwich we're talking about, to kick the peanut butter out, you know, kick the Wonder Bread out, you bring your hoagie in, kick the peanut butter out, you bring your meats in, kick the jelly out, bring your tomatoes and your lettuce in and everything else. And then everything else is just kind of on top of that. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's the um, it's the uh, template, you know what I mean? Yeah. In many ways. Um, this is a, a thought that literally I just came up with, so it could be completely off base, but I mean, I see where you're coming from with yeah. it being the proto sandwich, though. Kind of the proto sandwich, not the Ur sandwich. That's the flatbread. Yeah, but like the proto sandwich, you know. Um, at least as far as most people in America experience their sandwich life, yeah. you know, that's usually the first one you ever have, yeah. and everything else follows from that in many ways. Some Australopithecus people, is to humans as PB and J is to sandwich. That's right. You know, uh, uh, sandwich erectus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> we were once peanut butter and jelly <laughs> is what I'm saying. This episode is a fucking trip. This episode <laughs> is over. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in and listening. Um, I want to remind everyone that sandwich cast is run by amateurs. I am not a food historian or a researcher by profession. So, Many errors, uh, many um, offensive statements, and uh, many things that if you want to uh, tell me about them, I would love to hear about you, hear about those. So uh, hit us up at sandwich at sandwichcastpod.com or on Instagram um, and let me know your thoughts. I'd love to, uh, you know, hear from you guys uh, out there in the world and, and, and engage with you. So by all means hit me up let me know if we get enough response we'll do we'll do a mailbag section at some point or maybe a whole mailbag episode yeah um i want to talk to you guys dylan this has been a pleasure uh i am kendall holmes i'm your host dylan foreman is my producer and uh my co-host today and my guest we just we just banged out peanut butter and jelly thank you for listening catch you guys next time <laughs>